Hi, my name is Mary Alice. And I'm Curran. And we're having a seat at the table with Wiley Brazier. Come have a seat at the table. You've got a seat at the table. Welcome everyone to A Seat at the Table. I am your host, Wiley Brazier V, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of having not one, but two guests having a seat at the table today. Today, we have a mother and son dynamic duo, Mary Alice and Curran. How are you both today? Doing good. Yeah, we're great. We're really happy to have a seat at your table. Great, great. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's really a pleasure to have both of you here. Um, for those of you who don't know about uh, Dr. Mary Alice and Curran, um, Dr. Mary Alice is the founder and executive director of the Digital Citizenship Institute. As a pioneer in digital citizenship, she's developed and created the first three-credit digital citizenship course for teachers in the United States. Co-founded the Digital Citizenship Chat in Twitter back in 2011 and the Digital Citizenship Summit in 2015. She serves on the leadership team for the International Society for Technology and Education, which we all know as ISTE, uh, the Digital Citizenship PLN, and is a researcher, keynote speaker, international speaker, and TEDx youth speaker. She is committed to promoting social good using social media and technology. She believes in community-driven approach to educating and empowering digital citizens to create solutions in local, global, and digital communities. Her mission is to turn negatives into positives and to help to transform participants into designers, critical, creative thinkers, global collaborators, problem solvers, and justice-oriented digital citizens. She has partnered with her 11-year-old son, and the two are now recognized professionally as a mother-son digital citizenship team. The dynamic duo model best practice while working with parents, educators, students, and community organizations. At the age of nine, Curran D founded Dig Sit Kids, a digital citizenship for kid for kids by kids. As the as the and chief kid officer, the CKO, he is a fifth grader, a gamer, and a YouTuber, a hockey player, and an international speaker in the UK at the Twitter headquarters in Nigeria, Mexico, and Spain, and a student ignite speaker at ISTE. He has presented at MindFair and online at both EdChange Global and Global Maker Day. Curran is also a TEDx youth speaker, and his talk has been used as part of a professional development for educators as a way to encourage student choice and encourage students as leaders. If you want to learn, if you want us to learn about the world, we need to learn with the world, is one of his great quotes. Curran's wish is for the digital access for students everywhere 
and Did Sit Kids is a way to amplify student voice in K-12 classrooms. Mary Alice and Curran, welcome to the show. And again, thank you for having a seat at the table with the audience and I today. So let's, let's kind of, you know, both of you have done a lot of great things. And Curran, I have to start by commending you because, you know, at the, starting at the age of nine and already at 11, you know, you have already been all over the world and speaking. You're very accomplished for, an, for now, you're in the middle school now, right? Or elementary? Elementary. Okay, cool. Making a big move next year. Makes a big move next year. There you go. There you go. Okay, I'm a high school guy, so I'm not as familiar with the ages down down in that grade level. But yes, but you have done all of these things, even more so as an elementary uh, school kid. Uh, kudos to you. Um, so let's kind of start with the basics. Um, for, for people who are listening and watching, what is digital citizenship? Digital citizenship is being safe, savvy, and using tech for good. I, I like that. I like that. That's, you know, a very eloquent, easy way. Give that to our audience again. Digital citizenship is being safe, savvy, and using tech for good. That's great. I like that. Being safe, savvy, and using tech for good. I'm going to have to remember that. Use that. Um, and I can, I can just jump in. I mean, the first thing, you know, we've got a, if you, no matter how many people you talk to about what does digital citizenship mean, you're going to get a bunch of different definitions mm -hmm. depending on, um, their focus. And generally speaking, it can be a very narrow focus just on, um, you know, what not to do, like avoid this. This is a bad app that is, you know, and it, it, it adds to a lot of scare tactics and fear. So safety is the most important. No doubt about it. And we have to then add like layers um, that we go be, you know, we start with that conversation about how, how are you safe online? How are you socially responsible would be like another layer. And, um, you know, that, that brings in, you brought in savvy. Um, how are you using these tools in a really responsible way? Um, and then it brings in ethics. And I feel like how, are, how, how then are you using tech for good is this other layer this last layer that we think really goes from that reactive um, approach to a really proactive approach. I like that. I really like that being proactive because many times, like you just said, it's all about what not to do, what not to do, but encouraging the positive of what to do, you know, we need to be able to show them. I like that. Um, yeah, in fact, we, when we talk to even um, school districts and we look at like some tech policies, in fact, uh, we won't we won't shame anybody. We won't say, Wiley, what is your tech policy at your <laughs> but a lot of times it will say, Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And what do we want to change them to? We want to um to change them to do this, do that. Right. Some I will statements, mm -hmm. some really more positive, um, so that students have an example of what to do rather than just what not to do. Okay, cool. So so as we talk about digital citizenship and the things to do, the the being proactive online, um, you know, there's this thing called a digital footprint. So can you all tell us about like what is a digital footprint? Okay, well I uh I I'm gonna age myself and go back into the eighties and think about Sting. And when he sang that song, every breath you take, I think he's singing to, you know, somebody that he's very attracted to, 
you know, somebody's longing for, perhaps. But mm -hmm. that idea of every step you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Um, oh, yes. Actually, now that I, I'm, I'm saying all the lyrics, it sounds a little bit like a stalker. Um, <laughs> really, when you think of that song, Sting's song back in the 80s, and you apply it to today, all of the decisions that we're making online, all of them are, are permanently recorded. And so um, a lot of that, I think, adds to that fear. And, and we, we look at some of our headlines that are sensational headlines of awful things that kids are doing um, with their digital footprint. But you wanted to share, especially um, when we were just in Mexico, what Timmy Sullivan does about his digital footprint. What's his big topic his, that he wants um, students? He says, Google me, why? Um, Google me, I dare you. Yeah, so there's this Timmy Sullivan. He's one of our, hmm. our favorite student speakers. We've known him since he was in high school. He's now in college. But say the title of his session again. Google me, I dare you. And when he, we've done this with Timmy and he will dare the audience, go ahead, Google me, I dare you. And you see all these positive choices that he has made. And it takes that idea of that digital footprint or that digital tattoo. I know it's called that as well. And it shows you really positive examples of choices that he's made. That so, cool. in fact, if you put in Timmy Sullivan, if anybody's listening or watching, you know, you've got to, Timmy Sullivan, you'll get a lot of different names. But if you start to, Timmy Sullivan went to school in Burlington, Burlington, Massachusetts, for the high school. And he's also a sophomore at UMass Amherst. So, if you just put in Timmy Sullivan, I, you know, Google me, I dare you, you could get a lot of Timmys. But it's a great exercise, and it shows a, a really positive digital footprint. That's cool. So, you know, when, when you were just talking about the lyrics on the Sting song, you know, you mentioned, you know, some of them sound like a stalker, you know what I mean? But today in the digital world, you know, we, we would consider those stalkers kind of like lurkers, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. the trolls. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yes. All right. Yes. So, so, um, you know, there, there are things that we shouldn't do online, like you just mentioned, but you all kind of focus more on the positives of what you should do and things of that nature, you know? Do you have any basics of like, you know, what they should do online, what kids should do, or what we as just people in general should do, or any basics of like, you know, uh, what I, what I, you know, digital etiquette or what I like to call uh, netiquette? Sure. You want to, um, well, can we jump in and just tell you a little bit about DigiSit Kids? Because then when we start to describe some amazing things that kids are doing, it will, it will really um, highlight, um, you know, what we should be doing. So yeah, definitely. Did, definitely. Yeah, tell us about DigiSit Kids. How did it start? Um, when I was in the third grade, I gave my first TEDx Eve talk. Hold on, hold on. Way back when, when he was in the third grade, right? <laughs> Way <laughs> when he was in the third grade, yep. Um, at the conference, it was a conference about digital citizenship. And it was all for, for youth. youth. But um, I was the only um, uh, speaker that was a kid. Everyone else were either high school students or adults. And I can tell you from the mom's perspective, he's backstage and he was like, you know, this is a youth event and I'm the only elementary age student. Why is everybody waiting so long? Like why the, everybody else is either in high school or they're adults. And he, he was spot on. And so at that point, I feel like you wanted me to like, hey, can you create some sort of event 
that's just for elementary students because you you basically were telling the adults that we're waiting too long to have this conversation and then that kind of evolved into creating event into ditch sit kids and and why did you start ditch sit kids um that idea of event um turned the idea of the conference turned into a whole company yeah this whole company where instead of adults talking about students um kids are talking about all the amazing things kids are doing online yeah because i can i can tell you i remember him saying why aren't our adults talking about student voice why aren't students talking about it why aren't students empowering other students <laughs> we've got some great examples of students using tech for good and that will help like what should students do um, for positive digital footprints and creating them? And so do you want to tell the story about Ms. Jallen's class? They're LE Primary 1. How old are those students? Five and six-year-old. And they're in Scotland. And you want to tell the story about why they got DigiSit Kids certified? What, it, what, what did they do as a classroom? They memorized math acts to raise money um, to... Uh, buy toilets for the homeless and so to us you know what they they you know when you're five and six years old you've got to memorize math facts that's just what you have to do when you're five or six but they were also identifying real problems in their local community which was homelessness and they decided as a class they were gonna purchase a portable potty and as a classroom they put it out there on twitter about what they were doing and looking for anybody that wanted to sponsor them and then what happened they um, raised enough money to buy several porta potties. Yeah, which is just amazing. So you identify a real problem in a local, global, or digital community, and you you solve it, and then you use social media to empower other kids to do the same thing. You want to share about the um, student in Houston because this is another great story. Um, so they had to identify uh, a problem. I think it was part of a science class in their community. Yeah um and try to solve it but after the project was over um she went um she kept doing the project okay let them know what the project was what did she see as her problem um banning plastic bags yeah for the bayous and so mm -hmm. um but so the, pro the project ended and she was so inspired what did she end up doing um she created a change.org petition to raise money to ban plastic bags in Houston which is amazing I mean what elementary students know about change.org I mean it's just it's remarkable can you imagine if more students in more classrooms wanted to take that initiative um, and so let's look even look at I know that this is kind of political but what's happening with the students in Florida mm. and the footprint and the and not just the footprint but the impact that they're making by sharing their voices in such a positive way through social media that's to us yes. what it is. Yes, definitely. You know, you've given some great examples of how to be able to use technology to help solve and impact local and global communities. So, um, and I heard you mention something about um, Dig Sit Kids certified, becoming Dig Sit Kids certified. What, like, what's that all about? And how do you get Dig Sit Kids certified? You want to share how it all was inspired by President Barack Obama, and you can read the exact quote. Uh, the Digit Kids Pledge was inspired by President Barack Obama, and it's, I want to ask ourselves every day, how are we using technology to make a real difference in people's lives? 
And can you imagine if classrooms or, you know, individual students, teachers, parents at home, I mean, this is something that has to happen both in and out of school. You ask yourself that question every single day and every single day you make a, a conscious choice that I'm going to, how am I going to use tech for good? How am I going to try to make a real difference in people's lives? And if we were all doing that, oh, the world would be such a better place. Definitely, because technology has, I don't want to say it's made the world flat, but it's definitely shrunk the world so that we can make an impact larger than just our local community. So I like all of that. Um, you know, what what advice, with all of that being said, what advice would, do you have for teachers and students and other educators on the importance of using technology property and digital citizenship and you know what advice do you have for them okay i think that the big advice is that this isn't just something we talk about at assembly this is something that and it's not it also isn't something that is like an add-on like oh it's one more thing that i have to do this is everybody's responsibility and it's easy to embed it um, if I was going to answer this question, I'm going to look at what uh, Bronwyn Joyce is doing in Australia with her Flipgrid every single week. And I feel like this is what Digit Kids is doing as well, connecting to the global goals. And every single week, her students, I think they're about your age, maybe a, little, a year older, um, they are finding real problems and they are asking other students around the world to join, share their voice on their Flipgrid, our global classroom, and come up with solutions. And every single week, I'm so inspired by the number of students all around the world that want their voice to be heard, um, to be part of a solution. So I feel like if you're not part, if you're part of the, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And so this is something that it doesn't matter what age you are, what grade or what content you teach, this is something that we all need to be doing. So if you, if you wanted to answer that question, I feel like you did that at ISTE, at your um, Ignite, um, to inspire teachers, um, you know, because you learn differently. We haven't even gotten into that. You learn differently at home than you do at school. What would be your message for, for teachers? Um, ask your kids how they would like to learn. Break down the classroom walls. Learn with other classrooms around the world. Connect with them. Yeah, and then, I mean, the line that um, Wiley already used earlier about, about learning about the world. If you want us to learn about the world, we have to learn with the world. And that, I mean, that's really, that's really the truth. And so if there was a big message for, like, connected learning, this is it. This is the cry out because blocking and banning and saying I don't have time. I mean, this is this isn't. We don't live. We don't go online anymore. Our world is online, and there's no difference be between being on and offline. And if our students don't have that opportunity to practice what this looks like in a really positive way, starting early and continuing often, then we find ourselves with those sensational headlines, and and students getting kicked off of. Um, you know, sporting teams or losing scholarships or what have you. And, yes. and we really want to change that, that narrative into something more positive. Cool. So, so do you have any resources or like recommendations to help students and teachers and 
kids to be able to do a lot of the things that you're recommending that they do? Like you just mentioned, I think, uh, Bronwyn's, uh, who's fabulous, um, uh, with her flip grip. Yeah, do you have great. any other resources to recommend to the audience? You know, I would say for grades one through five, we're really excited. We've just partnered with Empatico, which is through the Kind Foundation, and their whole focus is building empathy. So if I was going to say, you know, an easy, something very easy, um, it is global connections and collaboration, um, really completely 100% focused on empathy. So that would be one thing. Anything to do, um, you know, we've always joined like the Skype-a-thon, anything to do with Skype in the classroom um, and making those connections using Flipgrid. I can tell you we've got some exciting news just before ISTE. We are in the process of uploading um, our courses on kite learning. Okay. Yeah, so we will, by ISTE, we will have some digital citizenship courses up on um, Kite Learning Platform. And that will be, it will be tied to the ISTE standards, but it will be really an opportunity for teachers that are coming back and looking for, you know, their professional development points or their CEUs, whatever it might be called in your uh, particular state, um, to really focus in on digital citizenship. So we're excited about that. That's up and coming. And then the other thing that we ended up doing is we are, through the Institute, working with districts um, where we're, we're doing pre and post audits and we are personalizing professional development for districts, looking at what programs you already have in place and how we can amplify. Because the whole point is we need to meet people where they're at, right? And, yes. and that's, we need to meet them where they're at and we need to help move them forward. And that's really what we're committed to. And I know you and I will go places as a mother and son team and we'll work with PTOs and, and because we need to have our parents on board too. This isn't just something that, you know, we do professional development for teachers and that's enough. This is a community approach where we involve students and we involve parents as well as the educators. That's great. So, you know, what, you know, kids go online and you mentioned a bunch of different resources. And I, I totally agree that kids having empathy is going to help be the best deterrent for a lot of different things that happen online and, and just inappropriate things. So what can students do to keep themselves safe in social media environments? Okay, you remember when we were kids, we had a neighborhood watch and like yes. something happened, like the neighbor down the street would take care of it, right? Wouldn't, it, you know, would take care of it immediately because there was a neighborhood watch in place. What we've tried to do is create that neighborhood watch online. And so when you started, you wanted to have a Twitter account and you wanted to be online and you wanted to be blogging. Um, but he was underage. In fact, he's still underage. How old are you? 11. So we kind of have to play by the rules. And the rules are you're supposed to be 13, although we know um, our, young, our young students and young children are breaking those you know, age requirements. And so what have we decided to do as when we first got you online? Um, we created a mother and son account on Twitter. Yeah, so we created a mother and son account. How many um, Twitter chats have you moderated side by side, just how we are right now? A couple dozen. I mean, at least 
for educators. And so what we're trying to model right now, like side by side, learning together, instead of talking at students, we talk with, um, that this is just a great opportunity. Um, when you think of driver's ed, before you get the keys of the car, you got to know the rules of the road. And yes. Yes. the only way you learn the rules of the road is if you're going to have this opportunity to practice. Now, coming from Massachusetts, I have to tell you, going around that rotary, all those cobblestones and one street roads, you know, it's important to know the rules of the road. And so um, I, I feel like the, the best way to answer that question is that you need, our, our, our young people need an opportunity to practice um, early and often, and they need us side by side because you and I, we don't have, I don't have a sibling, older sibling or a parent that I can say, hey, how did you navigate this? How did you do this? We're all in this together. You are correct when you say we're all in this together. And with that neighborhood watch, I know uh, where I grew up as well as many of us have, you know, it takes a village to raise a, a, a child. And everyone in the neighborhood had a hand in helping to make sure that their children were steered on the right path. So uh, that's definitely a great way to uh, protect against, you know, everything from bullying to cyberbullying and everything. Kudos. Right. I like that. In fact, we identify just like you would identify. You know, if you had like a plan in, in your home about if there was a fire, you know, an emergency, where do you go? So what did we do early on about that your online neighborhood watch? You identified, in fact, I know Wiley knows some of these people. Who are some of your, if you got into trouble and you needed help, who were those adults? Uh, Sarah Thomas, Jamie Donnelly, oh, yeah. and, uh, Derek. and Derek Larson. I mean, early, yes. early early on we identified and we had this kind of contract you know um and they all three of them know that they are our online watch because that's what you need and then and then you also need other students you need other young people that you know as well that um are also of the same mind and there are so many that we've identified as digit kids like approved they're doing great stuff but this is, you know, you need to have that online neighborhood watch as well in place, like a plan. Cool, cool. I like that. Online neighborhood watch. All right. So uh, I saw on your website uh, about, I saw something called the iCitizen Project. T tell me about that. What is the iCitizen Project? project. Okay, it changed everything. So I was a faculty member. I was a faculty member on record at the University of St. Joseph in um, West Hartford, Connecticut for the EdTech program. And I taught both undergraduate and graduate students. And there were a lot of um, suicides and cyberbullying cases that were predominant. And I remember um, one in particular, Tyler Clemente. And I don't know Tyler Clemente. I don't know his family, but I, at the time I was a relatively new mother and um, his college, he was a college freshman and his college roommate uh, secretly recorded a romantic encounter and he took his life. Um, wow. he, the, the roommate had like live streamed it and um, the It Gets Better campaign came out in full force, and, which was fantastic. And they were sending that message to teens everywhere that it gets better. But I personally was like, why, 
why do we have to wait for it to get better? Like, even though I'm just one person, what can I do to make a difference now? So I started creating courses. So in the fall of 2011, um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> in the fall of 2011, I created this course called Please to Tweet You, Are You a Socially Responsible Digital Citizen? And I thought it was going to be a great course for incoming freshmen. Um, no, matter what their, what, no matter what their program of study was going to be, was going to really be uh, a great way, an introduction into um, college. And so uh, as I was getting ready for the fall of 2011 that summer, I, I sent out a blog post and I tweeted, does anybody want to collaborate with my college freshmen? And uh, immediately I heard from Cape Town, South Africa. And I was like, whoa, I mean, I know how social media works, but my little blog post immediately <laughs> made it to Cape Town, South Africa. And the beautiful thing is, you know, that geography knows no boundaries. And, and, and so blog posts and, and tweets can get there instantaneously. But unfortunately, time zones, we haven't figured out time zones yet. So um, to make a long story short, I heard from a lot of people that were interested. And do you know Beth Sanders? She's Miss Sanders, EDU, I think, on Twitter. At the time, she was a second-year teacher. She said, my high school juniors in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, we'd love to participate. So I'd never met Beth, and we had agreed to collaborate on this project. And basically, it was my, my college freshman, her high school juniors. The entire course was online, you know, because of geography. And they, I, I was hoping we were going to come up with a student solution towards cyberbullying, but Beth and I both took a, a back seat and we let the students drive the entire semester and course and project, and they coined it the iCitizen Project. And they basically defined what digital citizenship means, what it means to be a citizen in the 21st century. And to go back to your first question on a definition for digital citizenship, to this day, my definition comes from that project, which is how do we help students to be able to think and act? And the act part is the most important. So you can't just think about it. This is the actionable part. Um, how do students think and act at local, global, and digital levels simultaneously? And really, that project then was like the first chapter into so many things that, that I've developed uh, professionally, but also personally uh, alongside my son. Cool. So that sounds like a real powerful course. Um, is it still available or is that something that passed? You know, or? I still, people ask that. I should put the, um, the syllabus up online to make it available because it was, it was fabulous. And there's a YouTube where we, like the problem is, you know, the more you pay to go to school, the less you go to school. And so our semester ended, you know, the beginning of December and we didn't want it to be over. And so um, I, I, I scrambled um, so we could have our, our another event, a live event. So we had a live event for a live audience, which we also live streamed. Uh, this was now February of 2012. And at the time it was, you never knew if you were gonna be able to keep a, you know, if you were gonna, if you were to drop the call. And we kicked off the entire event um, with, the high school juniors in Birmingham on a Skype call and they kicked off the event as like the leaders um, in this solution and it, it was so powerful so um, I don't know if you'll be able to add that link 
uh, to the iCitizen Project or to Beth Sanders, but it was a game changer uh, for both my college freshmen and her high school juniors, as well as for Beth and myself. Definitely. If you provide that to me, we can definitely put that there. And if you want to share the syllabus, I can get that on there as well. Okay, super. Share that out. Share that out. Um, so uh, I, we talked a lot. We talked to shop a lot, you know, talked about, you know, a lot of the digital citizenship things and you've provided some phenomenal resources. I'm going to add a lot of that into the show notes. Uh, so I want to get a little personal for both of you. So at this time, I want to ask you a couple of questions and I want to start this one with Curran. If Curran, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be and why? Um, I would want to be able to um, uh, cure the um, world water crisis. Oh, that's great. That Whoa. is great. That's so. That's really powerful. In fact, do you want to add anything? I'm even thinking. I wouldn't have even thought you would have gone in that direction. Do you want to start again about? Because I mean, if you wanted to stick with digital citizenship too, what was your and the dog? The, I, can you see the dog in this? Because he's distracted. No. Okay. Okay. Just stop. Can you can you talk about about access? Because you learn differently at home than you do at school. And what do you want for all kids? Start that off. I want. Stop. I want I would want digital access for all students everywhere and internet access for everyone at school and at home. Cool. What about yourself, Mary Alice? If you could have one quality or ability, what would it be? You know, I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with access too because um, because this is about connections and digital citizenship is about making those human connections online. And, you know, we've had these opportunities, whether it was in person or online, to connect with so many different uh, people, all different ages. Um, but we want to have these opportunities for everybody, not just a select group. So I'm going to have to go with the same, I'm going to echo the same thing, both as an educator and as a parent. Cool. So. You all have been doing a variety of things with digital citizenship, with Ditsit Kids, the certification, iCitizens, uh, um, Ditsit Summit, and just a variety of things. Um, so, so what are your goals for the future? You want to say what we're doing in a month? We're going to Ireland for a Digit Summit Ireland. Yep, that's going to be on uh, April 28th um, at Trinity College. I think any goals is probably going to continue to work with a lot of different communities um, and different, because this is everybody's responsibility, but how about any more goals? I mean, you're going to get ready for um, going to middle school um, as you continue with Digit Kids. You know, we've been in a safe haven for elementary school. I know things are going to change in the middle school. Um, what are some goals for you? Um, in Ireland, I want to meet some more kids. Yeah, I think really, honestly, it's probably is working with more kids. When we were in Nigeria, 
What did you notice the, the big difference? Um, they don't have internet access like us. Right, but they're so willing and so yeah. able. And they're like, I think the number one thing is that we've learned along the way is that there are more things that make us the same than make us different. And that's that humanity piece. Yes, yes. All right, so then um, any last thoughts here and uh, any anything you want to say to the to the world everyone listening do you want to just share the um what happened when we were in nigeria about the global read aloud because that's just a great story so um they at there's two brothers um prince and good luck and one of uh, the last day we were in nigeria they asked us if they if we could leave anything for them to remember us and i didn't bring much on the trip the only thing i had was um, the Wild Robot, um, a global read-out-loud book. So um, we decided to give the book to them. And then when we got home, they joined us in the global read-out-loud. And it was like we wrote a note inside the book and we invited them to join us. And, you know, it's the idea that one book really does change the world, but the idea of a connected opportunity with a book instead of reading just a book by yourself but now you can connect with other classrooms and so before we got home they had found other teachers in other classrooms and they were so enthusiastic about joining the global read aloud it was pretty powerful and then we had an event in utah and a teacher an educator um from nigeria was coming to speak and i knew we could get something back to those brothers and what did they ask for they asked, they asked for um, Pokemon cards. Well, and what else? And um, Well, because that was also a huge thing, Pokemon. But they wanted, um, Good Luck wanted something. Um, good Luck wanted... An SAT? No, Remember? that was yeah. Prince that wanted the SAT. No, I think, it, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, all right. Yeah, one of them wanted the uh, SAT book. And the other one wanted another Global Read Aloud book. And when you think I can get you anything, and they both wanted, I mean, it's just, it's powerful. Cool, cool. So, um, so that led us right into the story. So that was a great story and a very powerful one of continuous and lifelong 24 seven learning. That's like phenomenal of the impact that people can have on people across the globe. That's great. Um, and as we close out, where can people go to learn more about DidSit uh, and the things that you all are doing and how can they connect with both of you? Okay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Current Central and at DidSit Kids. DidSit Kids is also on Instagram and Facebook. And um, our website is DidSitKids.com. And then I would say for anything to do with the summits, which is just an, an opportunity um, that is so focused on a community approach um, to digital citizenship, you could go to digsitsummit.com. And then the Institute, which is really focusing on our professional development and um, our curriculum and our certification, that's digsitinstitute.com. And then um, 
you know, I, we're, I'm on Twitter. Um, those are both on Twitter and we're on, on Facebook and we're on Instagram, but you know, I've got all those crazy initials on, on Twitter, MBFXC. And so <laughs> I think it's probably easy to find us we, I, back to the digital footprint. I think if you, you put in Mary Alice and current as a mom, son, digital citizenship team, you'll find us. Great, great. Thank you. I appreciate everything. Thank you, Mary Alice. Thank you, Kern, for joining me today and sharing your time, talents, and your treasure with me and the world. Uh, to everyone tuning in, thank you for sharing your time and having a seat at the table. Uh, like a home-cooked meal, I hope this show has nourished your body and your mind. So until next time with me you will always have a seat at the table thank you again mary alice and curran perfect thanks so much <laughs>